0: Welcome to another episode of Harvest Series, a podcast following a four-day experience in Kaplankaya on the southwestern Asian coast of Turkey, filled with fascinating talks and workshops to harvest knowledge and nurture the planet, an event produced by Athena Advisors and Capital Partners.
1: I lived in a basement with toxic mold growing up. I had autism as a kid. I had Asperger's syndrome. I had OCD, I had oppositional defiant disorder. To get where I am, I had to fix the electrical system. I had to fix my metabolism, I had to retrain my vision, I had to retrain my ears. I started a neuroscience clinic to retrain my brain. So yeah, I didn't wanna do all that stuff. Would have been nice to just like wake up and watch cartoons, but that wasn't the life that I had. And it wasn't because my parents did anything wrong. It's because I lived in a house that had toxic mold that poisoned my brain. And I have Northern European genetics that are extra susceptible to that. So I drew the unlucky lottery card, and then I undid it.
0: I'm Rose, a French journalist based in Barcelona. And this episode is an interview with Dave Asprey, recording during his retreat in Caplancaya with Harvest. Dave is a leading figure in the fields of biohacking, health optimization, and human performance. Together, we'll explore some strategies to elevate mental clarity, enhance focus, and foster emotional well-being. Stick around till the end as we delve into the future landscape of biohacking. Get ready to dive deep into the world of enhancing human potential. Hello, Dave.
1: Hello. It was so fun to do the Harvest Series event.
0: How did you like it?
1: It was amazing. The environment was incredible. The quality of the guests, the way they got to interact with each other, the ability to ask to answer questions in a very intimate setting. Um, I, yeah, it was a very top-notch event.
0: I saw on uh, Instagram pictures and stories that uh, you were chatting a lot with the attendees, and um, I wanted to know what the most common questions people went to see you with between the talks.
1: Between the talks, a lot of people had a question, well, what should I do first? If, if you want to live to 180, and I'm, I'm well known, I was all over the press because I said, I'm going to live to at least 180. I said, what should I do first? It's funny because where are you now? Well, how's your biology? What is the lowest problem on your list? What's the highest problem on your list? I wish that we were just meat robots, that we were all on iPhone and you could swap out one battery from one person to another. It doesn't work like that. So the idea of longevity and the idea of, of biohacking, the reason I created the biohacking movement is you have to be able to measure where you are. You have to be able to choose a specific goal. And then we can use things like artificial intelligence and just clinical knowledge to guide you, whether it's medical or lifestyle. I don't care. something you can do that will most effectively get you to your goal, so then you can have more energy and you can do it again. So it's usually a custom conversation to help people understand what their goal really is. It's funny, in the United States and Canada, right now we're opening 27 different locations of a business franchise called Upgrade Labs, where we're measuring people for longevity. We're measuring people for energy, and we're using AI to tell them, do this in our facility, then do this. And they're, instead of spending six hours a week exercising and not getting results, they're spending an hour or two and getting five or 10 times the results, including getting younger. So the time is now, the technology is real. Most, most people don't think it's possible. So this is just about talking about what we can already do, not even mentioning what's coming.
0: So the first step for biohacking is uh, tracking uh, where you are and uh, how long does it take to check yourself?
1: It's more about tracking where you want to be and then tracking where you are. So okay. let's say, like me, I used to weigh 50% more than I weigh today. I'd have to do some math to convert it to kilos. I weighed 300 pounds. So I think I probably, if having lost 100 pounds, is like 50 kilos about? Mm-hmm. So I've lost a huge amount of weight. Uh, and I'm 7% body fat now. But when I started out, I would have told you, I want to lose weight. That was my goal. But if I was talking with you about your goals, you probably wouldn't say that because you don't need to lose weight. So for me, it would be a scale. And maybe for you, you're saying, you know, I, I notice I wake up and I'm tired all the time. I don't know if that's true or not. But if that was the case, then we would look at a sleep tracker for you. So only track what you hack is one of the rules of biohacking that I've been teaching. So you get the goal. What's the measure of the goal? And then this is the tricky part. Do what works. And well, what that means is if your doctor says, maybe you should just eat only bread, which in the US, doctors actually say that, and you try it for a couple of weeks and you notice that you get fatter, the advice doesn't work. So you don't have to do it anymore. But if you don't have a tracking metric to see if it works or not, you might eat just bread for you know, a year later and figure out it's just a willpower issue. I didn't eat enough bread. So this is a ring that tracks my sleep and my stress levels, and I have all kinds of equipment that does this. I don't have to use it all anymore. But for each one, I went from being old when I was young and having chronic fatigue syndrome, and having massive brain fog, having arthritis, to being exceptionally lean, fit, and I work out twenty minutes a week, and I'm you know part of this uh, part of the program here at Harvest Series was breath work. I took my shirt off to demonstrate you know, which part of your abdominals have to, have to inflate to do a certain kind of breath. I have almost no body fat. It, it's not supposed to be possible for someone who spent half their life very fat to be healthier than almost everyone. And that's how it is. So because I picked a goal, tracked, progressed. Picked a goal, tracked, progress, You can become smarter. You can have more energy. You can have more muscle. You can have more endurance. You can have less stress because you teach your body to do that. Those and then becoming younger are the primary goals that people ask for when they become biohackers, when they come to upgrade labs. And uh, we're investigating opening franchises, uh, countrywide franchises uh, in other countries besides the U.S. right now. I believe everyone on Earth wants to have control of their biology. And now's the time to do that.
0: And I guess there's no um, secret recipe to meet all these needs, like to be at the same time, smarter, fitter.
1: (laughs) There is one. It's not going to solve all the problems. But number one, expose yourself to less toxins. Because toxins slow down energy in the brain. They make you older. They cause a lot of problems. So most people focus on, why am I going to eat healthier? No, eat less bad stuff. So you stop the corn oil, the canola oil, the soybean oil, and you go back to butter and eggs. And the second thing you have to do is you do have to eat the most nutrient-dense foods on Earth. None of them are plants. That means you have to eat animal protein and animal fat. And if you don't do that, you are choosing to be less healthy and to have less electricity. It doesn't matter what the arguments are. from your, It is not healthier. There's tons of evidence doesn't improve the environment. And it actually kills more animals to eat a fake burger than to eat a real one, because you can make a lot of burgers out of one cow that was treated very well by a local farmer. And there's much death goes around growing wheat. When you chop up all the wheat, you chop up all the bunnies. So I'm just going to tell you, you want to live a long time, you want to be at full power, a plant-based only diet has never worked. It doesn't work. And it's not a...
0: You know no, it's not I don't think that yeah, I,
1: yeah. I have done I've written extensive books about this with thousands of references. And I was a vegan. I was a raw vegan. And what it does for most people, especially over thirty, it, you can last several more years when you're young before it makes you sick, is it reliably lowers metabolic function, gives you autoimmune diseases, clogs your kidneys with kidney stones that are caused by plants seventy percent of the time. And many people today, like me, when I was a raw vegan, we notice that we feel good at first. We keep doing it until you have very serious health consequences. And when world governments are trying to trick you to do that, it doesn't work. We know why it doesn't work. And so um, this is something that I share in the world of biohacking. You can be vegetarian. You're still eating animal-based proteins. But if you're only eating plants, you will not live a long time. And this is science.
0: I saw you drinking something uh, green. uh, And uh, my friend Bruna told me, like she was very surprised by one of your uh, advice that we're drinking too much water. That's very um, different from what we keep hearing. So first, what are you drinking? (laughs) What is it?
1: It is mineral water. Mineral water has minerals in it. Your body needs minerals if you want to live a long time and be at full power. Historically, we used to get minerals because we would eat all of the animal. Because we would drink water that had higher minerals in it. And the plants that we did eat were grown in soil that was healthy. But since we've grown plants in that soil for 100 plus years, that means that there's no more minerals in the soil. Okay. So we have an epidemic of this, and it makes you slower, it makes you age more quickly. So if you drink regular water, it washes out minerals that are in the body, and then you pee them out. If you drink water that has minerals, even if it's just sea salt added, then the water can absorb into your cells and you crave less water because your body could use the water. So this means you drink less water because it had minerals in it. You didn't have to remove minerals from your body. So having, there's a lot of weird beliefs that are not backed in medicine or even science or even how things work. But the idea that you should drink four liters of water a day and somehow it's going to make you a good person, there's no evidence for this. It's absurd. It's nonsense. It will deplete minerals over time.
0: Okay, we'll cut appetite a little bit.
1: If you put minerals, even the sea salt or electrolytes, in your water, you are less hungry because your cells make energy more effectively. Um, Even my teenagers, they use electrolytes before a test. They use it before they play a sport because it increases muscle output. It increases brain output. You drink water that's without minerals and without electrolytes. It doesn't work. You drink okay. water with those and it does work. So it, it's very impressive.
0: Yeah. To cut so you a, add to, them, you add the electrolytes. Yeah. And what about uh, coffee? Also, you're famous for uh, creating the bulletproof coffee. Yeah. Can you explain how you discovered uh, the benefits uh, of it? What was your method sure. and what are the benefits?
1: Years ago, in 2004 now, I decided I was going to learn meditation from the masters. And I went to Tibet and it was a very, very long drive for five days on a dirt road to get to the holiest mountain in the world. It's called Mount Kailash. And it's worshiped as the home of, of the deities and Buddhism and Hinduism. It's a very high altitude, almost 5000 feet. It was below freezing temperatures, strong winds, and I'm feeling like I'm going to die because at high altitude, when you climb mountains, that's how you feel. A Tibetan woman gave me a bowl of yak butter tea. This is tea made by blending it with yak butter I was so tired I drank it. And I felt amazing about five minutes later. It was so noticeable. How is this possible? So I came back to Silicon Valley where I lived at the time and I started putting butter in tea and it tasted bad and it didn't work. (laughs) So I bought a thousand dollars worth of different Chinese tea, didn't work. So I bought 25 kinds of butter and I discovered grass-fed butter did work. So okay, I'm just doing science and try things until you get what you want. And then I tried. Coffee and coffee makes you feel jittery and not so good much of the time. Some coffee did, some coffee didn't. So I did the research on coffee and I invented coffee that's lab tested to be free of toxic mold, which is a common coffee contaminant. Less of a problem in Europe because in Europe, the government protects you with some standards for mold. Coffee that's illegal to sell in Europe will get sent to the US.
0: And okay, then they'll I drink it that. That. Okay. Yeah,
1: Most people don't. The U.S. doesn't like to talk about that. But even the European standards are meaningfully high. And my my standards for coffee are very low. I have left Bulletproof. My new coffee company is called Danger Coffee. And uh, we aren't shipping in from within Europe yet. Um, but if you come to the U.S., give it a try. And maybe I'll get it here soon. The idea here is blend butter into your coffee instead of milk or cream. And you can add something called MCT oil that's part of the longevity work that I do. Uh, when you blend those in for about twenty seconds and you drink the the coffee, you don't care about food, and your brain works in a way it has not worked in a long time. People have lost millions of kilograms globally using bulletproof coffee and the bulletproof diet, uh, and it it's sold almost a million copies. Uh, for me, it was a major part of what led me to lose the hundred pounds. Who would have thought? There was no one wanted to put butter in coffee. There's no market for mold-free <laughs> coffee. It's just curiosity and science, where you measure the results, and that can change the world.
0: So, uh, and is there a category of people for whom uh, the coffee with the MCT oil doesn't work, or uh, you notice so far that it works for everybody?
1: There are a small number of people, maybe five to ten percent, who have a genetic variant called APOE. And if you have an APOE genetic variant, you need to eat less saturated fat. So if you have that, you use less butter and you use more MCT oil. And you don't need almost any butter at all for that. MCT oil cannot be stored as fat in the body. It just gets burned for energy, especially in the brain. So that would be the change. The thing about Bulletproof Coffee, you don't, put the same amount of butter and MCT oil in, how hungry are you? You you put a tiny drop or you could say, I'm really like, and you put more in. So you just tune it. So it has worked for the vast majority of people. There's also people who can't drink coffee because they're allergic or they don't handle caffeine. You can do it with tea as well. But the idea of blending those two types of fat in water at various concentrations with some kind of herbal thing. It works, and it's worked all over the planet. Like, there's groups of people in South America, across all of Europe. Uh, The book is published in 16 languages, uh, including Czech and Polish and German and Italian and then Japanese and Chinese and Korean. Like, this is a global phenomenon, and it's not about bulletproof coffee. It's about this idea of biohacking and this idea that you could do this thing to your liquids, and then it changes your brain. People love that, but it might be dangerous, remember. (laughs)
0: So it mixes very well, I guess, with the intermittent fasting and uh, the keto diet. Are you uh, a fan of uh, these two things? Yeah.
1: In 2014, I published The Bulletproof Diet, so it's almost 10 years old. It was the first modern book to incorporate cyclical keto and intermittent fasting. Um, So I wrote a follow-up called Fast This Way. Um, And yeah, this is why the diets work so well. And ketosis, it's very important. You do not want to be in ketosis for long periods of time. You go in and you go out. And this is especially true uh, for women.
0: Having gained insights into the renowned bulletproof coffee that brought Dave Esprit into the limelight, let's now seek practical tips on enhancing our sleep quality, alleviating migraines, and navigating those bothersome hangovers. In uh, your view, what are the most uh, overlooked aspects uh, of a person's health that uh, can have significant impact on uh, overall well-being?
1: The most overlooked things that can have an effect on your well-being, it's sunshine. Really? You go out in the morning when you wake up and you take off your sunglasses, you take out your contacts, you take off your other glasses, and you spend 20 minutes getting sunshine in your eyes and on your face, even on your skin. But it might make you age. 20 minutes of morning sunlight will not age your skin. Studies show that that actually increases the thickness of the collagen in your skin. But more importantly, That 20 minutes in the morning, when you're relaxing, you know, just like connecting with what's outside, that tells the invisible timing system of your body that it's morning. So that that night you'll go to sleep on time and get really good sleep. So people don't, they they think the sun is somehow bad. No, the sun is what sets the signal for your body to be productive throughout the day. And our fear of the sun means we're vitamin D deficient and our sleep is broken. The second part of that is that if you're indoors at night with bright lights on, especially newer LED lights, it breaks your sleep. Your body wants darkness at night. And we've yeah. lost that. So let's bring darkness back.
0: You didn't mention uh, cream. So uh, when you go outside in the morning, you don't put the cream on your face.
1: God, no. Okay. Then, then you wouldn't get the benefits of the sun. After that, you can put cream on your face. You need okay. a small amount because too much sun is bad for you. But that doesn't mean that no sun is good for you. It's the kind of thinking like, well, someone drowned too much water. So I'm going to stop drinking water because I might drown. Like there's a good amount of water every day, and you should drink it, right? But you don't have to do all of the water, but you don't want to do none of the water. And we're using that kind of short-term, imprecise thinking about sunshine. Your skin needs sun. Your eyes need sun. Your brain needs sun. They just don't need very much of it. So you go out with as as naked as you can be with your eyes naked too, and you enjoy morning sun, which is filtered through the atmosphere, is not going to harm your skin. It's going to tell your skin to wake and And you feel better, you look better, and you're more energized all day, and you sleep better at night. And then you can put the cream on.
0: (laughs) You mentioned sleep, and uh, I guess it's a very important uh, part or so of well-being. When you had um, children, you know that uh, the basic tricks about uh, not having like uh, light during the night, like Probably dark room, no screen uh, before time, routine. Uh, but uh, those are good techniques that work for babies. But what are the good uh, tips we don't think of, the secret ones for adults?
1: You know, we're still babies. We have the same cells as our babies do. We have the same system setting the timing in our bodies as our babies. So, what makes you think? That if it works so well for a baby, if you have darkness in their room and, and you do those things, that you're immune to those things because you have a big adult brain. Sorry, you're running on the same operating system. Yeah. And none of these are conscious behaviors. These are all unconscious built into your meat. So what are the things you should do? Exactly what you did for the baby. One of the biggest things that drives me crazy, you wake up in the middle of the night to use the I don't know what part of your brand, the loo. The WC, whatever. Yeah, we understand. (laughs) The toilet, right? So most people turn on lights. Or even if you have a nightlight, it doesn't have to be a bright one. It's going to mess up your your eyes. A red, dim nightlight means you can go right back to sleep. It takes a tiny amount of LED light and the automatic parts of your eyes go, oh, that kind of light doesn't exist at night. It must be daytime. And then it wakes you up and it takes you an hour to go back to sleep. And the sleep is no good. So okay. sleep in a cave, dim red lights when you need them. When you wake up, open the windows all the way and get that bright light in from the sun. It'll change your life. It's an easy, cheap
0: biohack. And uh, even, I guess, uh, checking uh, the, phone, the time on your, on your phone would, um, would be damaging for the sleep in the middle of the night to check what time it is.
1: It's terrible to, te- to check your phone because your phone is bright. So what I do on my phone is, see, this is my normal phone. I triple click it and this little thing comes up and i say Mm -hmm. let me reduce white point now it's dimmer than it was so watch. so it got brighter and now it's dimmer yeah so you you can reduce the backlight now i'm going to do the next one i'm going to make it red now i have a red phone and then i'm going to swipe down and i'm going to dim backlight it's almost like you can't see my phone but if the room is dark now i have a phone that i can read that doesn't wake me up at night i can still look at the time and Studies show that reading under dim red light increases the strength of your eyes so you don't need glasses. My vision is the same as the best teenage vision. My eyes aren't aging because I do
0: that. Do you think having a better body and a better mind uh, opens space for more spirituality and is it something you're uh, interested in?
1: I run a neuroscience-based mystery school where we train people from around the world to enter mystical states using ai and technology and i've spent six months of my life with electrodes glued to my head so i'm very interested in the growth of consciousness in humans and that is called 40 years of zen because it replaces daily hour-long meditations for decades with five days of really hard work with neuroscientists gluing things to your head This is not for everyone, uh, but when people feel called, they go. This is how I do it. To get people to do that much work with their brain, they cannot do it if their metabolism is broken. We talked about mitochondria earlier, the parts of the cells that make energy. There's 15,000 of them in each cell in your brain, and there's maybe 1,000 in the rest of your body. So your brain sucks energy. So if you fix your health, you fix your metabolism. Now the brain has more energy. And when you meditate, and I have the data to show this, your meditation is deeper. The brain waves you make are bigger and stronger. And this is what you do over time as you meditate. So now you have the energy, you have the willpower, and you're not tired. And when you're full of energy, the mountain doesn't look very big. And when you're exhausted, the mountain looks too big. Yeah. So work on your physical health, work on your metabolism work on biohacking, work on sleep, work on nutrition. And then a spiritual practice is easier, takes less time, it's more enjoyable and you get there more quickly.
0: So I'm going to ask you like some quick questions to, to finish. I will say I, but it's not like the real I because after people think I've got so many different issues. But um, so the first one, I have a big interview to make tomorrow with a famous biohacker and I want to be smarter, brighter than usual. Uh, what should I do or take in the morning?
1: You should take a cup of mold free coffee with butter and MCT oil. And just to mix things up a little bit, you should go to a pharmacy anywhere in Europe and you should buy the nicotine spray that goes under your tongue for people who are quitting smoking and use one spray of that. Okay. Low dose nicotine, pharmaceutical nicotine, not smoking, one milligram. Is shown in studies to reverse Alzheimer's disease, and it's one of the most studied cognitive enhancers ever. Well, I write How many my, times
0: can you do that today?
1: Up to three. That's says three milligrams a day um, at our age range, maybe five if you're a little bit older. And don't do more than that. You can get addicted, but three is very safe. And all of my New York Times bestselling books were written with the help of caffeine. In fact, this is caffeine on my arm. That's a caffeine tattoo. <laughs> and... Pharmaceutical nicotine, I have never smoked, and I use it occasionally for my brain to be stronger and because it reverses Alzheimer's disease. So do those two things and then call me up, interview me, and then we can talk about all the other cognitive enhancing pharmaceuticals that you can take to make your brain always work no matter what.
0: Uh, What is worse, smoking or vaping? And what's a secret trick to quit?
1: Vaping is way worse than smoking.
0: Really? Really?
1: Absolutely. The evidence is in. Smoking is not really good for you either. So the secret trick to quit is that spray I talked about, or you can get a patch that just sticks on. What you need to know is that for nicotine, after three days, same as for coffee, the body's physical need for it goes away. After that, it's all in your head. It doesn't mean it doesn't matter, which is why you put a patch on or use the spray and you taper off. It's not that hard.
0: I have huge uh, migraines. What
1: should I do? You have huge migraines. You should pay attention to the lights above you because the LED lighting that is now required in most places is a major cause of eye strain that leads to migraines. It's amazing if you put on a hat indoors just to see if it's happening and put on some sunglasses. By the way, these are not my sunglasses. I just found them here. But <laughs> if you do this... good just- so <laughs> I thank you. Uh, if you do this just for a little while, to calm the brain and see if that's what it is. If that's not what it is, put electrolytes in water, that sea salt, and drink a bunch of it because quite often dehydration leads to it. And if that's not it, you probably have a food allergy you don't know about. The most common ones are dairy, eggs, wheat, corn, and soy. And oh. if you eliminate those for a little while, you'll probably figure out what it is.
0: What should I drink during a dinner party to limit the damages on my brain and my health that I still want to drink?
1: Well, before you eat, have some animal protein. That helps enormously because your liver works better with that. Sorry, plant based protein doesn't work.
0: At all or a little bit?
1: Yeah, uh, it, it doesn't need, it, it's nice to have a meal actually before mm-hmm. you drink. It'll, it'll make the alcohol go in less quickly. Uh, you might also want to take activated charcoal. Activated charcoal is a supplement you can buy. It binds to the toxins that are in most alcohols, like wine and beer, uh, so that you don't have to filter them out with your liver. You should also take glutathione, which is a supplement you can buy. Glutathione helps the liver process the toxins in the alcohol, so that way you have less of a hangover the next day. And before you go to bed, put some salt in your water so you have electrolytes and you'll be less dehydrated and drink that. And when you wake up, you'll probably be fine.
0: Uh, I wake up at 4 a.m. every morning uh, having anxious thoughts, and I can't uh, go back to sleep.
1: This is because you have unstable blood sugar, and your body's running out of energy at 4 a.m., and you have racing thoughts because when you run out of energy, the body automatically releases cortisol and adrenaline, which are stress hormones that raise your blood sugar. That gives you racing thoughts, and you can't go back to sleep. The trick is, before you go to bed, have dinner earlier. You can have dinner before three hours or more before you're going to go to bed, and if you need it, you can test this before you go to bed. Have a little bit of raw honey, a spoonful of raw honey. Okay. This will stabilize a certain compound in the body so that you can sleep all night long. And I've had seventy-five thousand people complete my sleep challenge. It's at sleepwithdave.com because it's funny. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> do, I, do you have many I members. Keep, And no one's going to forget that. Right. Um, But it's free. It's just it's a gift for people to learn how to sleep. But what I do is I teach that trick. And there's a couple other things you could try instead. But it's a small amount of things to stabilize energy production, which means you can sleep all night. And I've had people start crying because they finally got over this problem. It happens to some people every night. It's a metabolic issue.
0: Okay, wow, so it's not a stress issue. Okay. It's both, but...
1: Okay. Well, your, your metabolic issue causes stress hormones yeah. and then you blame the stress, but it was the fact you, you weren't good at turning air and food into electricity, ultimately.
0: Biohacking encompasses a spectrum of practices. Health optimization, technology integration, nutritional strategies, cognitive enhancement, lifestyle modifications, personalized health, and ethical considerations. Now let's delve into the origins of this movement with Dave and explore its future trajectory. It's a lot of biohackers. By the way, um, you always mention that uh, you found it like biohacking. Are you annoyed when you're getting uh, copied or imitated? You
1: know... I had the right to trademark the word biohacking, and I intentionally did not do that because it is not my movement. I am the father of the movement. I hold the energy for the movement. I'm the leader of the movement, but I do not own it. This is our movement for humanity, and this is why there are biohackers in Korea. This is why there are biohackers in Chile. This is why there are biohackers in every country because it's not owned by me, so what I do get annoyed by is when people copy the material directly and then try to name it something else, right? They're trying to dilute the movement and trying to kind of steal, it never works. So they will name it health this or optimization that, And there's all, we're all working on the same thing. This is a new word in the English language as of 2018. And it's okay to say we're all working on the same team. So there's people who have ego, there's people who aren't. But the most important thing is, Anyone who helps at least one other person understand that you have control of your own biology, that person has my gratitude. And if they borrow some of my ideas, good. They needed borrowing. This is a global movement. The worst thing we could do is believe that we're helpless and that only your government, your daddy, or your doctor can help you with your health. None of them care about you as much as you care about you. And no one can do it but you. And this is at the very basis of biohacking. We can help each other. We can help ourselves. No one is coming to do it for you.
0: Dave, what put you on this path? Was it uh, because you noticed you were overweight or something else? I
1: wasn't just overweight. By the time I turned 30, I was at high risk of stroke and heart attack, Mm -hmm. measured on blood tests. I was pre-diabetic. Today, we would call that diabetic. I had such bad brain function, I bought insurance because I thought I would have to lose my job. I had arthritis since I was 14, and I was in constant pain uh, from the fibromyalgia, from the arthritis. So life sucked, So, and I started losing my mind. I I couldn't remember anything. So I was desperate. I, I literally had nothing to lose, and I did everything my doctor said, and I went to the gym for 700 hours I did it 90 minutes a day, six days a week, weights and cardio, and I did not lose one pound after more than a year of doing that. And it was frustration, and it was the understanding that my doctor couldn't do it, so I was going to have to learn. I'm blessed and grateful that I lived near a group of people in their 80s. I'm in my 20s. They're in their 80s who are working near Stanford University to reverse aging before anyone thought you could. And they taught me all the secrets of longevity to the point that they asked me to be president of their organization. And I learned from my elders when I was in my 20s because I was desperate. I had no other choice. And they showed me it was possible for an 80-year-old to have more energy than I did. And I said, I'm going to have what he had. And I did. And I learned. And they taught me. And... It is an honor to be able to share that with people in my work, in my books, in my podcasts, in any way I can. Because if someone had told me what I know now when I was 19 years old, I would not have been this fat. I would not have been as sick. And I would not have had to spend a million dollars to repair my biology and another million to get younger and repair things. But that's ridiculous. I'm just lucky I had a good career in Silicon Valley in, in, that I could briefly do that. And it's not fair that people who are listening to this who are as sick as I was can't do that. But you don't need to do that. The fact that information like this sometimes gets censored and that doctors don't know it sometimes, but some doctors do. Well, we'll solve that problem. That's what people do. We support each other. The people we pay to tell us to do this, if they won't do it, we won't pay them. That's where we're going with biohacking. You do it right or you don't get paid.
0: You made a big business out of uh, biohacking. Uh, What were the challenges uh, you met Mm. or you encountered on the way?
1: I started Bulletproof and now I I run 40 years and I run Upgrade Labs, a bunch of other companies. And I'm starting a venture fund to invest in companies that are going to make humans live hundreds of years. Mm -hmm. But when I started Bulletproof, um, one of the challenges was I wanted it to be an independent voice that wasn't controlled by big investors, big money. And I needed enough money to grow a movement and a business. So I ended up raising $90 million in venture capital, uh, which is a challenge to do that. Uh, I grew a business that's done more than $600 million in revenue. It, it, It has become a big brand. And the challenges along the way are personalities, management, leadership, different investors wanting different things that maybe weren't best for the biohacking movement, weren't even best for what what I believe the company needed to do. Ultimately, when you're an entrepreneur, you make a decision, stay small, and grow it yourself, or take on investment and really go big. I saw the investment as an opportunity uh, to make the world a better place and to help millions and millions of those people. I'm always grateful that, that all of the work and all the investment that went into bulletproof uh, went into growing the biohacking movement to become a global force. And it is a force for people having control over themselves, for being able to choose what they eat that works best for them, to choose the medical treatments that work best for them, and to do things that aren't even medical. Like I need to go for a hike in the forest. It's yeah. good for me. I'm going to do that. Like this is <laughs> our right.
0: Where do you see the future of biohacking in the ten next years?
1: Right now, With the investments with the venture capital fund uh, that
0: I'm raising right now
1: uh, with a guy named Brock Pierce, we are going to invest in companies that add decades of life to humans. Decades. And the future of biohacking is that we urgently are growing longevity because across all of Europe and North America and most countries with developed economies, the birth rate is far below the level needed to just keep the population stable. Over the next 25 years, we will have a collapse in society because there aren't enough people to fill cities. It's already happening in Japan where there are entire cities that are just empty because there's no one to live there because no one had babies. Since we can see the numbers and we can predict the future from the numbers, our only option as biohackers is to make ourselves stay young, to take our elders and give them the energy and willpower of young people. We must extend human lifespan, or society is going to change a lot and not for a good way. So, this okay. is where I'm, where I'm focusing biohacking. You are going to live twice as long as you think you are.
0: You, so, you disagree with people saying, like, we're too many people on Earth? Those people are bad at math.
1: Uh, my first book ever on was on fertility in humans. Human fertility is plummeting. Most people can't even get pregnant without IVF because of toxins in the environment. What kind of weird clown brain must you have to believe that in that environment, where in every country we can measure, people are having fewer babies than it takes to replace the people who are there? How does that equal a global population? Maybe you're reading magazines from the 1970s because (laughs) the current math, does not support your weird religious apocalyptic belief. So maybe you should switch to my non-religious scientific apocalyptic belief is that if you and me don't live a heck of a lot longer, our cities will empty out because there's no babies. That's the world we're actually living in.
0: Do you manage, you mentioned you had teenagers, do you manage not to um, overtrack them and uh, not to give them too many advice or how do they take your advice? Uh,
1: I, other than don't eat food toxins, which doesn't work. I gave you know, which I gave them that advice when, when they were younger. But when you're teenagers, you can do whatever you want to do. So the only advice I tell them is, you're teenagers. So I know that you can do what you want, even if I don't want you to. Because I was a teenager too, and I did all sorts of things that my parents don't want me to do. So there's no difference. So here's the deal. You get to pick how you feel. You're a biohacker. Eat that food. You know what it does to your stomach. You want pimples? Eat that. And I don't tell them not to eat it. <laughs> but I've taught them they're in charge of their brain, they're in charge of their skin, they're in charge of their energy, they're in charge of their sleep. So you know what? They make great decisions given all the knowledge they have. And sometimes they say, I'm going to eat something that I know isn't good for me. So do I, right? So it's trust and knowledge. And I came out okay. I was very, very unhealthy. I ate all sorts of things that I didn't know weren't unhealthy. I'll be fine. But as long as they know that they have a connection and love with their parents, that's all I care about. I want them to be happy. I don't want to control them. I don't want them to be biohackers. I don't want them to not be biohackers. I just want them to be happy. And they know it.
0: Do you think there was something in your education or in your childhood that um, gave you predisposition to be uh, the biohacker you are today?
1: Yes. Huge amounts of pain and tiredness and exhaustion and suffering. That's what it took. I lived in a basement with toxic mold growing up. I had autism as a kid. I had Asperger's syndrome. I had OCD. I had oppositional defiant disorder. To get where I am, I had to fix the electrical system. I had to fix my metabolism. I had to retrain my vision. I had to retrain my ears. I started a neuroscience clinic to retrain my brain. So yeah, I didn't want to do all that stuff. It would have been nice to just like wake up and watch cartoons, but that wasn't the life that I had. And it wasn't because my parents did anything wrong. It's because I lived in a house that had toxic mold that poisoned my brain. And I have Northern European genetics that are extra susceptible to that. So I drew the unlucky lottery card, and then I undid it.
0: And you're doing fine today.
1: I'm not just doing fine. Compare <laughs> me to other people my age, and like I'm
0: kicking ass.
1: Like It's amazing. <laughs> of anyone on earth who should not do this, it was me. So I, I'm an example that if it's possible for someone as screwed up as I was, it's going to be a lot less work for you. And that's one of the reasons I'm even talking about it. I I have no desire to be well-known. I don't want to be a guru, but I'm willing to be an example that you can do it. I sure would like it if you did it, because the side effect of having a working biology, your brain works, and then your emotional regulation works. And then what do you know? You have enough energy to be kind to people, even if you don't know them. You have enough energy to say no when your government tries to make you eat bugs. You need that, so I want everyone to have that much energy because we're not eating bugs.
0: So I'm gonna ask you the last uh, question, the question I'm asking to all the guests of uh, Harvest. If there's something uh, that gives you hope, what is it, Tay? There's a lot of things that give me
1: hope. Good. One of them is that the amount of knowledge that we have about biology about our own biology, just about biology in general, it doubles every 73 days. It used to take 100 years to double. And 73 days from now, it'll probably be 60 days. And so we are reaching the point where we actually understand how we work. At the same time, no human, especially your doctor who's seeing way too many patients per day, no human can know all this stuff. So at the same time, this new knowledge is coming online, the tech systems from my old career in Silicon Valley with AI, it's coming online too. So, as long as governments don't censor your access to this, we have the ability to do almost anything we want with our biology because we know more. We can ask it the right questions, it can tell us things to do. So, the only thing you have to do right now to access all of that hopeful stuff is continue to demand access to freedom of information, of your choosing, not your censorship government's choosing. If we can't talk about health, we can't hack health. And what that means is we must immediately, as individual humans, you can censor politicians by not voting for them and not listening to them when they're idiots. So if you try (laughs) to stop me from biohacking, I will stop you from communicating. It's a virtuous circle, and that also gives me hope because we all learned the evil governments will do over the last three years. We all know the mistakes they made. We all acknowledge it. Maybe it was a mistake. It doesn't matter, but it's not gonna work again.
0: Do you feel like people don't want you to communicate or want to be on the way of your work? Oh,
1: it's very straightforward. Many of the terms that we would use, the longevity, health, supplement, biohacking, search them in Google and they give you drug company websites. They do not give you any of the websites that for the last 20 years were the leading providers of information about taking control of your health, functional medicine, alternative medicine, biohacking. They're censored away. You go to social media, mention these things. Five people will see it. I have 800,000 followers on Instagram. And if I talk about the wrong things, no one sees it. So there's active censorship all over the place and different governments in the world, tell the social media companies what you're allowed to see. This won't work very well. Why so? Why so? Why so? It's almost like there's an agenda to make people take drugs. I, I'm not sure. The pharmaceutical industry is very powerful in Europe and in the US. They're the largest advertisers on social media and on TV in the US, they are. And so they use regulatory and censorship all the time to increase market share. It's been happening for a long time. But You know, we go back to the 1920s, the advertisers wouldn't pay for an ad in the newspaper. If the newspaper said the wrong thing, it's just happening at a faster speed. So what's happening in the world of AI is if you ask AI a hard question about your health, it might say it might not be safe to answer the question. And like we said earlier, I didn't ask for safety. I asked for control of my own biology so that I could feel good. And I'm willing to take risks to feel good. And we've just got to restore that. No one's keeping you safe but you.
0: How do you protect yourself from litige or a lawsuit or things like this?
1: Oh, from a lawsuit, uh, litigation. I, I got it.
0: Yeah, litigation.
1: Um, myself personally, or how does one protect themselves?
0: Your company and yourself. Yeah.
1: Well, I talk. I speak true facts that are verifiable. Uh, I do not make uh, medical claims. I also have very, very mean attorneys. And because I am an American and I work in the U.S., I sue the shit out of anyone who comes after me and I will fight them until one of us goes bankrupt and I have no problem doing it. I am all in on biohacking for the rest of my life. And if you try to stop me, you will fail. So that's how I do it.
0: <laughs> Thank you, Pray for your message and for sharing your knowledge uh, about biohacking and, uh, and your personal story. Also, uh, very moving and uh, your success. Thank you so much, Dave, and thanks for organizing, like, a beautiful retreat uh, in Harvest, in Gaplancaia.
1: You're welcome. It was fun. And thanks for a fun interview, including my answers at the end of a long day.
0: <laughs> bye, and thanks. Good job. Bye bye. Thank you for joining us in this episode, delving into Dave Asprey's insightful journey through the world of biohacking. He uncovered the genesis of this international movement, it's underlying philosophy and the myriad experiments that could enhance your life, from bulletproof coffee to strategies for preventing migrants or hangovers. If you found this episode valuable, we'd greatly appreciate your support. Please consider leaving us a positive review and connecting with us on Instagram at Harvest Series. Catch all of our podcast episodes on youtube.com slash Harvest in our upcoming episode, we have a captivating interview with Stefanie Canavesio. She's crafted a unique approach titled Presence Embodied, using compassionate inquiry and meditative practices in her guidance and teachings. Join us as she shares a profound wisdom. Until then, stay tuned for more enriching conversations.